This is Talk Freight. Talk Freight. And this is Craig Bliss. What's up, everybody? It is Craig. Today is Tuesday, but we're actually doing our uh, Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com. Today, of course, on a Tuesday. And if you guys follow my group, Freight Brokers and Truck Drivers, you guys probably saw my post yesterday um, that I post up in the group. And of course, I post up in the group and not my page because, you know, some people feel differently. However, in my town or little village, I like to say I live in, uh, there was a, um, a peaceful protest that happened. At first, I wasn't sure if it was going to be a peaceful protest. So that morning, yesterday morning, I got up, came to the office, removed the computers, uh, my little system that I have in the front and the warehouse and here in my office. And took them home for the day because I was not about to risk anything. But luckily, all is well. Um, You know, all is well was last night. It started raining last night, so everybody kind of cleared out. But I decided to just wait for today. Um, And it's kind of pouring down all day today. (laughs) So maybe that's why no one's kind of going crazy in my town. Um, You know, I'm all for, as I say all the time, I'm all for these protests. I'm just not for the, you know, the violent rioting and the destroying of towns, um, you know, and all that jazz. But like I said, all is well. And so that's why we're doing our Make More Money Monday, sponsored by truckstop.com, on a Tuesday instead of a Monday. And speaking of truckstop.com, no matter what hat you wear, truckstop.com has all the tools you need to manage loads and drive profits. I actually just got this hat. If you guys can see it, probably barely. It's a uh, truckstop.com trucker hat. I think it's pretty cool. My other hat was clearly retired <laughs> by that time. Uh, I wore it everywhere, and then it just kind of um, it died there. But luckily, they kind of sent me a new hat. I kind of like the style. You know, it's uh, it's pretty cool. But anyways, enough with all that. Tonight, oh, let me make sure I'm on here. I want to make sure we can hear and see me. You know, the last few times I had weird microphone issues, mainly because this little guy was plugged into my camera, therefore it's picking up on these crap headphones instead of, you know, this little boom arm here or whatever you call it. Um, But anyways, tonight we're actually going to talk about the biggest threat to trucking. And now before I get started here, of course, this is my opinion or this is, you know, opinionated, you know, by me. I'm sure a lot of people feel differently. Um, You know, I feel differently on all sorts of things. Um, But basically, you know, this year has been rough. Um, you know, we started off and this is no particular order. Cause I feel like it all started like bang, bang, bang all at once. But like the bad freight rates, bad freight rates, the Washington DC protest, um, this ongoing coronavirus stuff that's been happening for like six months, I feel like. And now the trucking industry, I feel like is battling with or against however you want to look at the recent George Floyd protest. I know that's kind of a mouthful, but it is nuts what's going on. And like the title of my video says, the biggest threat to trucking, in my opinion, is actually change. Okay, stay with me because this is good change as well as bad change. And now I want to first start by saying, typically when I talk about change, I'm usually talking about change in regards to like, you know, changing your operation, be successful or, you know, what to do because a new regulation is changing. However, this time or this one, uh, the change I want to talk about is basically changes in our country, changes in our economy, changes in viewpoints that I believe are actually changing the entire industry or the entire trucking uh, logistics industry 
you know, as we know it here. And again, this is all my opinions. Maybe it's not all right, but this is just what I see as a uh, very neutral party in this industry, if you will. Um, but I kind of want to start with one and work my way down. And as you guys know, when we talk about low freight rates or low rates, I don't know why I always get tongue twisted saying freight rates. <laughs> Sounds like I'm saying freight waves or I don't even know. But anyways, I kind of want to start in order and work my way down. But as you guys can see, um, a lot of them tie into each other. And that's kind of the point here because it is June, uh, almost the middle of June. And it's kind of uh, been hammered, as I said. But anyways, with low freight rates, you know, the beginning of this year, I actually didn't see an issue. You know, I made a video about it. A lot of people said, well, Craig, there is an issue. But I actually did not see an issue because since the year I started, I started in trucking about 2009, I believe it was, March 2009. I've been seeing low rates <laughs> in the freight industry um, at the beginning of the year since about that time. I mean, if you guys are truckers, you know, half the group or the majority of the group, rather, is the more veteran truck drivers, if you will. People have been in the industry, you know, more than 10 years, more than a million miles. However you want to look at it, so I'm sure they can feel the same. However, 2020 is a lot different, okay? It started off the normal slowness like we have seen every single year, you know, before this one. But the thing is, it actually never picked back up. You know, some blame overcapacity or, you know, capacity leveling out, however they said it. Um, some blame the low freight volume because of either the coronavirus or, you know, everything leveling back out or whatever. But most of all, the majority actually blamed broker price gouging due to the coronavirus. Or I believe uh, the whole broker price gouging and price fixing or whatever came about that i believe it actually started with the coronavirus i could be wrong however i think that was a result for it but whatever the reasoning was the result turned into the washington dc protest and now in my opinion i have said it tons of time before and i think everybody can almost agree the washington dc protest was great you know it actually proved that drivers could coordinate a large gathering or you know i believe a, a peaceful protest if you will and actually stand their ground uh, until they get what you you know get what they want. Not very many drivers can agree on one thing on a Facebook post, let alone all agree on something and actually get together, you know, mingle, whatever, uh, talk about changes in Washington D.C. And now uh, I see your comment there, Christian. He says low freight, low freight. Oh uh, man, I'm getting mixed up here. <laughs> Low rate posts are gone since volumes went up. Once volumes drop again, we'll see them again. Boom. You already read my mind, Christian, because I'm going to talk about that. And that's part of the change there. Um, but you are right. And, you know, being an admin of a fairly large group, freight brokers and truck drivers, I think me as well as the moderators, Chris Brown and his wife, Elizabeth Brown, also see kind of the change in volume, you know, means a change of attitudes. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get kind of there. Um, you know, with that. But anyways, like I was saying about the, um, sorry, a squirrel moment there, with the Washington, D.C. protest, you know, I think it was great. In the beginning, you know, I do admit day one, okay, day one or day zero, day two, however you want to look at it, I didn't know how I felt about it. But by the third week or whatever it was, you know, I, you know, I, I was pretty satisfied, um, you know, what driver, you know, were able to do there. However, the problem with that is, in my opinion, you know, this whole Washington, D.C. protest thing kind of ended just as fast as it started, okay? 
you know, by day three, I think it was well understood that the objective or the goal for the uh, truck drivers being on the Washington, D.C. lawn or wherever they were at at the Capitol, I think their intentions first was just to get a meeting with the president or at least have President Trump acknowledge why the truck drivers are out there and not acknowledge saying they're out there rooting for him or honking for him, but actually acknowledge why they are there. And at the time, I believe it was, you know, the broker price gouging or unfairness um, and the rates. The thing is, as I said, it ended the moment President Trump went out and kind of acknowledged that everybody kind of left. Okay. The problem that I have with that is everyone was so determined to go to Washington, D.C., um, not to follow any particular person on social media, but to actually go to Washington, D.C., um, to stand up what they believe in. But I feel like they did that solely because they thought change would be immediate. I really can't think of any other reason why a lot of, you know, um, I don't want to say younger, um, but smaller companies, if you will, you know, owner ops or small fleets. I don't understand why they shut down for so many weeks just to get President Trump's attention or acknowledgement that they were out there. Because I think we could all assume no change was going to happen, um, you know, immediately. However, immediate, however, I don't think anything changed from that Washington, D.C. protest. And to me, that is an issue because all these drivers, um, you know, they shut down for weeks. I, I, I keep wanting to say three weeks, but I don't want to be wrong. I think it's between three and four weeks they were out there sitting there. I see your comment, Mike. I'm going to read that in a second. But I believe they were out there for three or four weeks, you know, demanding change or hoping for change, but nothing happened there. So I'm not sure why they did that. But Michael, I see your comment there. He says, anytime we invite the government into our industry, we invite trouble. The industry has lost its collective mind. Ooh, I like that. Collective mind. But in that Washington, D.C., the whole point of uh, reason why I brought that up, because a lot of people did have collective minds and the fact that um, they all showed up to the same place. But the reason why it ended as fast as it started, because no one had a clear vision or goal. And as Rob says, some were gouging, though. I believe I have a truck on a load for you right now, Christian. Um, good deal. I don't know what that last part meant. But Rob, I can agree with the first half of your statement. I'm not sure about the last half, last half there was Christian. But some were price gouging. I definitely believe that. And now I'm going to go more in detail on the end to the end of it. But I think the change with the driver showing up in Washington, D.C., um, and demanding transparency and saying brokers are price gouging. I do not believe that changed anything, um, you know, in the industry. And as Christian said there, Christian up above, he said low rate posts are gone since volumes went back up. And I believe he's meaning in the Facebook groups, all these posts about, you know, low rates and blah, blah, blah. They're basically gone since, you know, volume has increased. And you're right. And yeah, as Freightways, I believe Freightways have been saying the last few days, maybe a week now, Freight volumes have increased to a point where they're almost, you know, almost similar to past seasons. Let's say, you know, last year or the year before. However, as you look at Sonar, it's still primarily a shipper's market. And that, of course, is because rejection rates are still low, which means drivers are accepting what's being offered. And I know that is because or due to the current conditions of the market, most likely. But we will look at, you know, Sonar here in a minute. Because as I always say, I rather look at the numbers and hear do tell me about the numbers. Because some people can read the numbers differently than others, especially me. I'm just a subscriber. I'm not a freight caster or whatever. 
you know, people who know how to read sonar um, call themselves. But anyways, Michael says, what led to the protest was supply and demand, not price gouging or brokers being malicious. Nobody wants to educate themselves. I'm going to break my neck because I'm agreeing with you a lot there, Michael. I'm with you. But drivers who thought, you know, uh, differently, which they really were determined as price gouging, is not because they were thinking wrong. I think they were mainly influenced by stuff um, by what they read. But again, I'm saving that because I'm working my way up there. But anyways, I don't know about y'all, but for the past two years, you know, I haven't really been a broker, a day-to-day broker, if you will, for about two years. Uh, Doug's asking, am I old enough to be on the internet? I was a 90s baby. I think, oh, damn, look at that picture. <laughs> when I pull up that picture, I'm staring down the barrel of a 45, but I doubt that's even what it is. Anyways, I am, as it turns out. Um, I was born in the 90s, and so that's just where I'm at. I'm almost 30. Can you believe it? But anyways, uh, for the past two years, you know, this whole industry has been changing. You know, I think all this constant changing kind of started around the time when the ELD crap was being mandated and kind of pushed, you know, kind of being pushed through the industry. I'm sure there's a lot more to that. But honestly, I really feel since about that time, this industry has been nothing but changing. You're talking about new tech when everybody was freaking out about Amazon and Uber, new regulations. I mean, new ideas at this point, new protests. I mean, it keeps going on and on and on. And at this point, I really can't help but to ask myself, is this a way to drive out the little guy in the industry? And now before everybody starts saying I'm a conspiracy theorist or whatever, I'm really not. However, I can't help to think something is going on. Something is happening that I feel like is kind of pushing out um, the little guy in the industry. And now when I say the little guy, I'm talking about owner ops, small fleet owners, hell, even dispatch agents if they have a legit operation. You know, the freight agents, the independent brokers, those types of stuff there. Um But man, it's not far-fetched to think that something is going on to push out the little guy. And I'm the first one to admit, you know, when I'm wrong or to change my thinking and admit to it. Because when people say, oh, I think the megas are pushing out the little guy. You know, I said, yeah, in a way. But now I'm really thinking, you know, I'm really thinking that could be the case. Again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I am just thinking about that. Um, Rob Hallahan says Richland Center. Oh, I believe he's my bad there, Rob. I think him and uh, another person talking there. Um, Michael says, hey, staring down the barrel of 45, the shine, shine down song. I know that one. <laughs> I'm going to start singing it when I looked at uh, Doug's picture right there. Because that was the first, you know, tune that came into my um, head. Anyways, I think Rob and Christian also, that was going through the comments. They're talking about a load. Thought it was something about me. But anyways, uh, moving on there. You know, talking about the change there, a month ago, as we all know, George George Floyd in Minneapolis, he was suddenly murdered by a cop in Minnesota. And so right after that, and I don't want anybody to think I'm giving disrespect to this man's name because I already made a video about it. I give nothing but respect to George Floyd and his family. And of course, I feel for the family what happened. Uh, but that's basically the biggest opinion I have on that. But anyways, in result of that cop killing, cop shooting, however you want to look at it, protests and all these riots, some peaceful, some violent, you know, riots sprung up across the country and suddenly drivers are now again caught up in a crossfire. And now here's my uh, here's my viewpoint on this. If you guys remember three weeks ago, 
drivers were praised. Three weeks later, drivers being arrested, beaten, having their trucks looted, you know, um, getting in trouble for inching their way through a protest when there's rioters on the interstate. You know, I honestly can't wrap my mind around this because mainly it goes back to, you know, two or three weeks ago around that time. People like President Trump and everybody else, healthcare workers, you know, police officers, firefighters, what have you, they were all praising the truck driver. And now all of a sudden, everybody is shitting on the truck driver. Excuse my language there, Mark Zuckerberg. But drivers were literally and still are in some cases getting arrested for doing their job or just simply getting caught in a crossfire because they're on their way to a pickup or delivery. And there just so happens to be riders standing on an interstate not made for humans or human people to be walking around and they get in trouble for it. I don't get it. That is the issue. And now I started to think about all this. I live in a little town. I almost call it a village. There's like 8,000 people here, give or take or such. Um, but I started to think if half my town is boarded up and now the shopping centers and, you know, the small stores, especially dumb gas stations, they have like limited shopping hours because uh, they're anticipating like possible riots or something. I don't know. But I started to think, and my village is doing it, I can only assume larger cities and metropolitan areas, possibly Chicago, some areas around that, that they're going to start boarding up and shutting down as well because they fear of a violent riot, which again affects trucking. And now going back up there, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but man, right after this coronavirus or during this coronavirus however you look at it uh drivers are still being caught up you know shippers are barely getting up to speed and some of them are already shutting down again this is that constant change that i keep you know talking about we go back to 2017 or end of 2017 really to all of 2018 that was a great year but since then have we had a great year like that since we haven't all we have seen is nothing but change, change, change. Um, and that's what it is. Doug says, man, drop the riots and chaos. What's your perspective on equipment rates now and near future? Um, are you talking about equipment comma rates or equipment rates? Because I don't work in funding. Um, so I don't know anything about equipment rates. But I do know a guy who does. Um, let me know if you need help on funding for equipment because I know a guy in the Facebook group who does. Sorry, I got something in my eye and I'm afraid to itch it because this Corona, but I'm going to do it anyways. Anyways, uh, Michael says it's a false flag. George Floyd. Okay. I don't want to read that, that comment on the air only because um, it gets really touching a large group here, but his comments and Michael's right there for everybody to read um, in the comments there. Um, yeah. Christian says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob says the people writing need to remember where the bricks came from. I, I know. I definitely understand that. I see my eye. If you guys are watching the video, you guys probably see if you're on the podcast, you can't. But I see my eye turning red as we speak. <laughs> Maybe I got the coronavirus floating in my eye. I don't know. Uh, but Rob's right. I mean, the people need to remember where the bricks came from. Just like Michael's comment, I'm not going to speak too much about that because a lot of people in these groups have very diverse opinions. And this can just turn into a, um, turn into a feeding frenzy. But Doug says... He was meaning the equipment market. Is it a time to buy? Well, Doug, I can't answer that from my personal um, viewpoints on the industry. And as everybody knows, I have businesses within the industry as well as outside of the industry. And I'm a big believer of buying in a down market. 
everybody knows that's how Hilton, you know, the Hilton hotel brand, uh, whatever they're called, that's how they became successful as well as, you know, the Trump organization of the Trump empire. They bought in down market and now look where they're at. It, are we in a down market? I think so. <laughs> and so in my opinion, if you're out there looking for equipment, probably need to find it. But if you're starting to look for equipment right now for an investment of some sorts, it's probably going to be hard for you to source that equipment because a lot of people are thinking like you there, Doug. And you also put, who's your lender? As it turns out, it's not my lender. I just know a guy who knows a guy. And that company is Capstone Consulting. Maybe I'll put a... Um, I'm not affiliated by him by any means. Maybe I'll put a, uh, a link here. I'll need to find a link here um, for here. But I can reach out or give you contact information for a guy in the group who um, can help you out with that lending stuff. But I don't get into lending too much because if I'm not a user of something or if I'm not a customer, let's say of a lending or finance or funding prop, uh, partner, I really don't want to speak about it because I know there's a lot out there everybody's different so at least i experienced it um you know i'm gonna go there but speaking of the down market yeah yeah rob's right go time to look at auctions dealers aren't the place to find the great deals that's right and i bet at the auctions you can find a lot of good ones not you know i hate saying it it's when the market's down like this it's bad for some good for others okay it's bad for the people who are struggling before the market tanks because the result is when they start going out of business their equipment gets sold to somebody else who's dying for their equipment all right and now the people who are dying for good used equipment they're probably in a financial position where they can buy up all the trucks as soon as they get posted for sale and that helps them business um i just uh michael says i just saw a nine car enclosed car hauler for 29 grand of whoa a few weeks ago that's a steal of a deal i do know some car haulers in my facebook group i hope they're looking at those same craigslist ads <laughs> or wherever you're uh, putting it that. Doug says you just gave, that's gonna be the last one. Doug just said you just gave us a plug you need sponsoring now. As it turns out, the group is sponsored by truckstop.com. I think they do have, or they do have factoring and funding, but the guy I was speaking with um, is a member of a group and not, you know, somebody who's, you know, about that. Uh, last one, if I had the 29 grand, I would jump all over that call, car hauler. I don't know much about car hauling. I don't know much about it. I know uh, one time when I was 17, uh, right before I joined, you know, got into basic basic training, I was wanting my car shipped, so I looked into it. My first taste of it was basically Googling car shipping from, you know, wherever I was at to wherever I needed to be. And I clicked the first website I saw, and for like four days, my phone blew up from, now I know car brokers um, trying to beg me to ship my car. <laughs> but anyways, enough with all that. Enough with talking about the down eco economy. Um, and kind of all that stuff. But anyways, going back to what I was saying, you know, at the beginning of this year, during this coronavirus or this corona pandemic and all this stuff, I kept saying, well, guess what? Produce is about to hit and drivers will finally get the opportunity to recoup some of that money that they lost. But the problem is, I believe we're right in produce season. And as far as I know, as far as I can understand, rates are still not where they need to be at. And now I do know, as someone pointed out, Freight volume is up. However, freight rates are not as high as they need to be at this time of the year as we've seen in years past. And now some markets like Atlanta or Chicago, maybe Philly, I haven't checked that out in a minute. Those are still carrier markets. However, those are only a few markets in a 
big pool of markets out there in the industry. And so I'm actually about to pull up Sonar. Let me uh, get that pull up here. Am I talking about freight rates? <laughs> I want to pull the Sonar so you guys can see it. But the majority of the drivers, here's what I've been talking about kind of leading into, okay? As I get this Sonar pulled up on my side. When we talked about that Washington DC protest, you know, a lot of drivers, all their information came from social media. When we got into that George, George Floyd uh, murder shenanigans up in Minnesota, a lot of drivers turn into social media, okay? There's more instances, like with the broker gouging and all that, you know, jazz, everybody turned into social media, mainly Facebook that I see. Here's the thing is, here's the thing is, in my opinion, a lot of drivers, I was about to say all, but a lot of drivers I feel are getting caught up in this day-to-day -day politics of the Facebook groups and Facebook pages and these video creators, including myself, and kind of going off on a tangent or getting off track of their focus of their own operation. And this is why I say this. Back in December 2019, before we ever knew all this 2020-20 shenanigans would start up, I and everybody else was basically saying in the industry, how about we take this time over the winter break, blah, 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 after the winter rush and start organizing our operation to have a successful 2020. Once we hit 2020, my first video, <clears throat> excuse me, my first video, I believe in 2020 was talking about, if you guys haven't made your game plan for 2020, go ahead, sit down, take the you know few hours to create your game plan because this is gonna be a good year. I was wrong. <laughs> You know, I think a lot of us was wrong, but here's a problem. The people who are really wrong were the people who did not create those game plans. And here we are in middle of June and everybody's still scratching their head saying, well, what now? Well, I'll tell you what, I believe more change is going to come. More bad change. You know, protests, the protests are good change, but the rioters was bad change. That George Floyd was bad change, Okay. All the hundreds of drivers going to Washington, D.C., all willy-nilly without a set plan. I think that is bad change, okay? I think good change is drivers getting together and organizing something good for the industry to actually make good change. But before you do that, you have to know what you want to change, and that starts with looking at your operation. I guarantee you all hundred or the majority of the hundred of the drivers sitting in Washington, D.C. for those three or four weeks I can assume a lot of them were either on their last leg of their operation and now this coronavirus is kind of catapulting them. Um, secondly, they probably were so determined change were going to come. They were willing to risk their own operation and not generate revenue for three or four weeks to get change. But most of all, the majority of them, I can guarantee, has no, had did not create any set business plan or you know plan of action for the year 2020 before they started um, becoming aware or started protesting about, you know, the freight rates and the broker gouging and the coronavirus, you know, shenanigans. And that all came from people being too involved in the day-to-day -day politics of Facebook. I can admit, I find myself getting caught up in the day-to-day -day politics of Facebook where I lose focus of my own business. I can imagine, you know, I realize this, because I, I kind of think of things like that. I can't imagine the drivers right now who don't think that way and don't look at the whole pie, can't imagine how, how they are right now. I imagine a lot of them are struggling and on their last dollar are just one claim away or one late freight payment away from almost going bankrupt or selling their equipment at an auction house. 
And a lot of that comes from them not changing, okay? And that's why the biggest threat to trucking is just simply change. There's good change, there's bad change, there's needed change and all that. Um, but a lot of drivers don't understand that and they refuse to change. I like to use personal examples. My father, 65 years old, he wouldn't change his whole life depended on it, but he's not a truck driver, okay? I have seen him personally in his own you know, businesses and what have you um, affect him negatively because he refused to change. And now if he was a truck driver, he's so old school, I could see him right now almost failing because he would refuse to change his views, his outlook, his business plan or operation, and about that. And I think a lot of drivers out there right now are experiencing the same, and they're just waiting for the next protest or demonstration. They can go out and scream, brokers are robbing us, instead of going out there and figuring out the time to look out for their own business and their business operation. Anyways, Doug says the numbers for flat, the numbers show flatbed cranking right now. Cranking mean good? <laughs> I don't know much about flatbed. Um, I never really got into flatbed freight. I say with the easy crap, you know, drive-in. Uh, reefer stuff, general dry van stuff. Anyways, Michael says, now is the time to start calling shippers and get your own direct customers. It doesn't take a skill. It just takes work. I can agree with the majority of that. You're right. It just takes work uh, to pick up that phone and actually call. So many people complain about using brokers, yet they don't call shippers. I made countless videos about how to get shippers in your backyard. I pulled up truck drivers who, um, you know, who have their own direct shippers on these videos. Ask them how they did it. They get their tips and tricks and not a lot of people still doing it. Before I pull up Sonar, Rob says, too many people involved in the DC protest do not understand markets or their own business. Thank you, Rob. You won definitely question uh, or answer of the year because that's exactly right. You know, a lot of people were, you know, involved. They didn't understand. First, they didn't know why they were there. Okay. They saw something on social media. They got all wild, you know, riled up, whatever and drove over to DC all willy-nilly without a plan. And when they got there, they say they said, why are we here? I think even some of the organizers, the main organizers kind of realized that as well. Because again, no one's talking about the Washington DC protests. What change came out of that? Nothing. Everybody just went on social media to complain about it. Instead of changing their own operation, they wanted to change something else or wanted to change the way this industry is and nothing ever happened from that. But that's all I got to say about that. Anyways, I'm going to pull up um, the FreightWave sonar here real quick. Boom, boom. All right. Let me share the screen. Pull up. No, that's not that. that. Okay. Uh, maybe I should hide here because you guys can see it. All right. This is the uh, sonar. This is what it looks like. You know when they pop up in here. Like my normal disclaimer is, I'm a paying subscriber of FreightWave sonar. It's not discounted by any means. Not affiliated, don't endorse them, don't, nothing like that. I pay for it, I get it, I'm talking about it. Anyways, when you first pull it up, you get this predictive rate screen here. I'm not a broker nor a carrier, so this does not pertain to me. So if you guys would like to look up an origin and destination, just to get an idea of what those two markets look like, go ahead and let me know in the comments and I can pull them up. But for this particular one that I auto-freshed on, showing a Los Angeles origin is more towards the carrier, but by barely as well as the destination, which is Dallas, is more favorable towards the carrier, which by barely. And so I don't go through that. Uh, a couple of things I want to look at here is the truckstop.com van rate or the uh, average rate per mile for both van, dry van, and of course, reefer. Let's click out of this here, whatever this is. Okay, cool. 
This is just showing a few major markets. I mean, we're talking about the top, Atlanta to Dallas, Philly to Chicago, Chicago to Atlanta, LA to Dallas, LA to Seattle, Chicago to LA. If you guys can see it, let me see here. I apologize for people on the phones. Uh, the chart on the left where I'm moving my mouse, that's for Drivan. The chart on the right where I'm moving my mouse, that's for Reaper, okay? For the, uh, and this is the average rate per mile increase. So as we can see, we are still low. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. As we can see from this chart, this is basically saying uh, from our peak, we haven't really gone back up. That's all it's saying. And now these numbers are showing, uh, this is the most current numbers. This is from as of or through last week, update on a Monday. As you can see here, this is not show June 8th. So I believe it's for the week before. Anyways, we are showing a positive uptick in the average rate per mile according to the truckstop.com data. As you can see in Sonar, Atlanta, Dallas increased ever so slightly as well as Philly to Chicago. It's Chicago to Atlanta, LA to Dallas on all drive-in side with the biggest increase being to LA to Dallas followed by LA to Seattle, which we all know LA is a port city. Therefore, I understand the increase in rate per mile from those areas. Hopping right on over to the Reaper side, the biggest uptick there is actually tied between Atlanta to Dallas for Reaper as well as Los Angeles to Seattle for Reaper. Both have about a 0.12% rate increase or rate per mile increase from the previous seven days there. But what I like about these charts over here on the far right-hand side, let me stretch these little guys out right here. Boom. You do see, not the reefer guy, okay? But on this drive-in guy here, you are noticing rates are going back up. When we are over here, let me get my uh, crosshairs out here. When we are in April, kind of going to the end of May, we thought, or the end of April rather, I stand corrected, towards the end of April, our question was, how low can we go? Because it just kept falling. The good news is, or the best good news we can get right now is, rates are continuing to increase. The chart I'm looking at now is a Chicago to Atlanta. That's one I'm most familiar with. Therefore, I want to talk about it. So for a drive-in rate, we are finally going up in rates just a little bit more. But before I check the uh, volume, as well as the tender rejections, I'm curious to see what the predictive rater says for the Chicago to Atlanta market there. This Raider is only for drive-in. If you have a reefer, eh. If you have flatbed, it's not, you know, it's not going to be good for you as much. Anyways, this predicted Raider for the Chicago to Atlanta is basically saying the medium rate per mile is about $1.67. That is essentially what we are seeing on the truckstop.com average van rate per mile um, with this. So it's about the same, which that's good news. Because if you hear a broker saying that is worth any less, you would tell them, get their facts straight. Numbers don't lie. That is not what you are seeing for this particular market. Of course, there are a lot more var variables than just reading a number to get, you know, a better informed decision, if you will, on a particular market. But that's what we got there. I'm going to move right along into the, um, this is the outbound tender rejection index. There's a whole bunch of information right here. The good news for you and me is I'm not going through it all there's way too much here and so in the top right hand corner of this little four square shenanigan deal here the top the top right hand corner the gray chart that is filtered by uh the largest markets okay so you are seeing the largest markets like atlanta ontario harrisburg pennsylvania dallas la etc you don't see a lot of colors in here colors typically indicate 
a change week over week or from the last week. The only change really that you see um, is actually not much as they look at it. Volume decreased ever so slightly from the week before. The rejection is about where they've been all month longer, even longer. As we say, if you live off the spot market, which the majority of us do live off the spot market, if you're in the Facebook groups rather, you want to look at the tender rejection rates because when there's a higher tender rejection rates, that typically means freight is ending up on the load boards uh, for the spot carriers and you know, other people to pick at. The chart at the top and the bottom right-hand corner does show that's a tender rejection index on a uh, scale there. It is showing that it's slightly going up, but it's essentially been plateaued all month long. And so that's all we got there. The last view before I click out of Sonar because it's just slowing down my internet here is the outbound tender. Uh, whoops, we had to click this one. Let me go back. My bad. Going back down. All right. This is the tender rejection. Ooh, did it copy to that page? Ah, I see what I did there. Okay. I stand corrected. I was talking about the tender rejection index first. Uh, that's what I was showing here. Let's go ahead to the volume there. Both pages are very similar. It's just a different map of what you're looking at or what you primarily want to look at. As Chris in the last video said, he was talking about more volume, you know, increases. On this chart on the top left-hand corner where I'm moving my mouse, the, the map of the United States, this is indicating the outbound tender volume index. The darker the blue, meaning the more volume in those particular areas. Um, as you notice, some parts like Denver and, you know, places that, you know, like Salt Lake City, Utah, if it shows blue, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, flood those markets with your trucks because there's volume. Okay. We all know, um, knowing the markets and knowing your markets is very important about reading this data. However, you are seeing darker blue areas in the port like LA, which is very common. Um, maybe even here over in Atlanta area. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Atlanta area, much darker. A few days ago, the port of Savannah was much darker than Atlanta. So that's quite interesting that you see. And now if you're a broker or an agent, as Michael was talking about calling your shippers, if um, you're a broker or an agent, typically a little secret here, you call the areas in blue. You call those shippers in dark blue and essentially ask the shippers if there's freight that you can help move because if there's an increase in volume, typically means increase in workload and they need help. Now drivers, I'm speaking to you here. If you have the manpower or even the will, I should say, you know, at that, uh, to do it personally or maybe have your team if you're a small fleet, go ahead and call these blue areas as well. It's not a, um, a one-size-fits-all deal. I'm just telling you what brokers look at. They look for areas with increased volume or high tender rejection rates, and they call those areas and ask the shippers, hey, can I help out? They use different words and take a different approach, but you guys know what I mean. Doug says, switch it to flatbed. As it turns out, Doug, the FreightWave sonar thing is primarily only for Van and Reaper, but I do have something for you. I take that back. I take that back. Uh, boom. This chart right here, Doug, this one's for you. Uh, as it's pulling up here. I don't use this one. This one's made by uh, FreightWaves. It's one of those like pop global populated maps here or such. Let's pull it up here. I don't know what this shenanigans is doing here. Um, let's just save it. I don't know. Uh, let's just click out of that. Whatever. Okay, Doug, you will probably be able to read this a lot better than I can or be more familiar with it because a chart on the left is showing a seven-day flatbed rate per mile average for flatbed, of course. And on the right-hand side here is basically just showing a tree map. 
indicating the areas with the biggest change. L LA to Las Vegas showing the biggest change out of all this. Um, of course, not all areas as you see here are hot areas or areas with you know big freight markets. This is basically showing everything. And like I said, this is from the truckstop.com seven day flatbed rate per mile average. Um, yeah, Doug says too cheap for me. I'll stay on the flat and RGN. I know, I know. And now let me tell you something, Doug. Everybody says, Craig, you handle the he easy crap, you know, staying with the uh, flat, excuse me, staying with the Van and Reaper. And I tell them, I know. <laughs> As a broker, that was intentional. Um, but I'm with you, though. I always knew where the money's at. And as you clearly proved there, um, flat and RGN seems to pull a little bit more money, if you know what I mean, than, you know, the um, the Van and the Reaper, especially the Reaper when it's out of season. But good thing for Reaper, as we know, all know, is more universal to some shippers um, out of season. So if you know how to use your Reaper, you could re or refrigerated trailer for anybody who needs me to speak the political correct words here, politically correct words here. But if you know how to use your Reaper, you can make some serious money out there, even outside of produce. But let's face it, no one's really making serious money um, at this point. But I actually have to go. But I definitely want to, you know, just kind of go back and kind of say here. The biggest threat to trucking, in my opinion, is change. You have that good change. You have the bad change. You have things that need to be changed. And drivers who need to learn to start changing. It's not bad. I'm not saying it to judge anyone. I'm just saying start focusing on yourself more and less of these Facebook groups and all the Facebook day-to-day -day politics because the Facebook politics will not help you change your business. And in the year 2020, we need to figure out how to change our business so we can survive another 20 years. I don't know about half of y'all, but I don't want to be dealing with all this nasty-ass changing for the next 20 years. So basically, that's all I got. Until next Monday, whenever that will be next week, uh, remember, say no to cheap freight, remain professional, and let's stay on track and not change up our game plan all willy-nilly in 2020. I'll see you later.